Greetings, beloved in Jesus' name, amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. In the house of the Lord, there is deliverance. And if we come to the house of the Lord brokenhearted, we need to go out healed. We come to the house of the Lord sick, we go out healed. If we come to the house of the Lord dejected, we go out with hope. Amen. Amen. We are continuing with our theme for the year. Uh, I'm not sure whether there are other people who just came who were not there last week. Maybe just take time and greet two or three people. Just welcome them to church. Amen. 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 And we, I'm very much excited at what God is doing. He continues to be good. And he continues to be faithful. We are entering a new season. And I've said to you that as the body of Christ, we are entering a new season, the whole body of Christ, because I believe God is coming for a glorious church and the church has to walk in glory. And then secondly, I believe we are entering a new season as Jesus the Savior Church. And thirdly, even you as an individual. So we said it's the time where you need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, what His direction is in your life. Can we go together to the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 12, verse 32 in the Jubilee translation. We're starting there just to show you that we need to understand the times we need to be discerning to know what to do. Because as seasons are changing, you've got to adapt to the changing season. It's like now it's hot today, and I can see many of you sweating, and it's hot. <clears throat> so we've got to adapt to a changing weather. Even in the spiritual realm, we've got to adapt to changes in season. So in the book of 1 Chronicles 12:32, Jubilee translation says, and of the sons of Isachar, 200 chief men who had understanding of times and were wise to know what Israel ought to do and all their brethren followed their ways. I like what it says about the sons of Isachar. It says they had the understanding of times. So even in the times we're living in, I believe there are people who can perceive change in season, who can perceive change in time. But there are others also who are ignorant of changes in time. And therefore, if you are not discerning, you are going to miss out. Luke chapter 12, verse 54 to 56, measures translation. I'm just recapping quickly, and we'll connect with what we need to share about today. Luke 12, 54 to 56, message translation. It says, then he turned to the crowd. It's Jesus. He said, when you see clouds coming in from the west, you say, the storm is coming, and you are right. And when the wind comes out of the south, you say, this will be a hot one, and you are right. And he says, frauds, you know how to tell a change in the weather, so don't tell me you can't tell a change in season. The God season we are in right now. Amen. Amen. Did you get that? He says, you know how to tell a change in, in, in the weather. We usually say, if it's hot like this, if it's windy, if it's this, this will be the outcome. So he says, that's what happens when you discern the weather. But can't you also tell a change in season? Tell your neighbor, can't you discern a change in season? Things are changing. 
Because sometimes you think it's the same thing and sometimes because of the coronavirus pandemic, it's as if the global world is just uh, overwhelmed by corona and you don't hear much of Jesus. And I believe the season is changing where the name of the Lord has to continually be lifted up. And we've got to keep on talking at the name of Jesus as the strong tower where the righteous run unto it and they are safe. And our theme scripture is Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 11 to 13 in the Passion Translation. Song of Songs, chapter 2, 11 to 13, Passion Translation. It says, the season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. I like it when a season changes from the bad season to my good season. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I like it when the season changes. To my good season. I'm expecting great things. So he says, and the season of hiding is over and gone. And we said some of you were hiding because you were ashamed of some of the things maybe that you did. And you just didn't know how you would face people. You just, you were even now lukewarm in church. The season is changed. Amen. Amen. Can you step into your new season as if you don't have a past? Tell your neighbor, can you step into your new season as if you don't have a past? Because sometimes we become prisoners of our past. Amen? Something happens and then the devil keeps on pointing you to your past. Okay? But we are saying the season is changing. And he says the time of hiding, the season of hiding is over and gone. Some of you even in the church... You've been just seated and doing nothing. The time of sitting down, the time of hiding is over. It's time to stand up and shine. For the glory of the Lord has come. It says the rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. I like blossoming flowers. To show that things are changing to my advantage. Amen. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I want you to sing a new song. Even when you are under pressure, you keep on singing a new song. You say, the Lord has given me a new song. I'm able to sing in the middle of my storm. I'm able to glorify God even when the storms are there. Even when storms are raging. And I'm also able to sleep like a baby even when the storms are there. Like Jesus was sleeping when the storms were raging in the sea. And like Peter who was sleeping... When he was threatened and he was in prison, he knew what had happened to James who was killed. But because he knew the Lord, he could rest and sleep in God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, if you know your God, you can rest and sleep in God. <clears throat> he says this time, the season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. Amen. Amen. The other time, I think some years ago, two to three back, years back, uh, Pastor Josephine was preaching about make your own summer. Yeah, make your own summer. Make your own good season yourself. People around you won't always make things work well for you. But you need to discern the times and then say, the time of hiding is over. This is the time of singing and pruning the vines. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. And he says, verse 13, 
Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? Ask your neighbor, can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The reason why you think that things are getting worse or there's nothing happening is because you are not tuned into God's frequency. Because according to God, all things work together for your advantage. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, according to God, God. all things work together for your advantage. advantage. You remember when Joseph was in trouble with his brothers and they wanted to kill him so that they can kill his dreams? They even took him and sold him away to a foreign land thinking that his dreams will vanish. And when he went to Potiphar's house, he was accused for rape and taken to prison for something he never did, as if things were getting worse. How many of you know that God was working out something? Amen. 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 So it doesn't matter what trajectory you are in right now. The season is changing. And some of the things that are working to your disadvantage are supposed to work to your advantage. Last week we shared with you how the ravens, which are supposed to eat the meat, they were bringing the meat to Elijah. Amen. Amen. Elijah the Tishbite. And I told you, some of the ravens that were going to eat my meat, some of the ravens that were always going against me, they are going to work for me. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, some of the ravens ravens. (laughs) that were always against me, they are going to work for my advantage. Because the season is changing. changing. Amen. Amen. Because there is this thing that some of the people are always against you. They are plotting for your failure. But I'm telling you, as the season is changing, things that were supposed to be working against you are going to work to your advantage. Because if the, the, the ravens were supposed to eat meat, now they were told, now this is the time to feed Elijah with the meat. Take him meat in the, in the morning and take him meat and bread also in the evening. And that's what's happening in the spiritual realm. I believe something is working out for my good. I go out there expecting the favor of God upon my life. When some of you are going out there saying you never know, things may just get from bad to worse. I'm saying, I know uh, the Lord surrounds me with his favor as with a shield. Amen. Amen. The Bible says the Lord surrounds us with favor as with a shield. So when I'm going out there, I expect the favor of God because things are changing. Can't you discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purpose and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of the new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of the flowers whispers. I like that whispering of the fragrance of the flowers. What are they saying? There is change in the air. Amen. So even nature testifies that things are changing for your advantage. Things are changing to your good. Amen. So, today I want us to zoom into when seasons are changing, some of the things have to change and things that we were always comfortable with will change. And sometimes you may find even people that you were very close to, some of them will move away from you because you're moving into your season. Do you know that sometimes it feels like a loss when people that we were used to, we separate with them? But there are times when you go into your new season where you don't need everybody. Tell your neighbor, there are times when you are stepping into your season where you don't need everybody. Because things are changing. 
Amen. Amen. It doesn't mean the season you are moving from was a bad season always. Sometimes maybe it was a good season, but you are still moving to another better season. Because you are moving from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. So if I was best basking in the glory of the Lord, as the seasons are changing, I'm moving to another level of glory. Amen. That's why if you go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 18, in the ESV, English Standard Version, look at how when we behold the glory of God, we keep on being transformed from one level of glory to another. I told you that even if your season was good, you are getting into another better season. If your season was bad, you are getting into a good season. Amen? Second Corinthians 3.18 ESV says, and, when, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. In other words, each time as I'm moving, I'm not moving from glory to dejection. I'm moving from one level of glory to another. Amen. From glory to glory. Amen. 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 So it means things are going to get better for me. And in the season that we are going in, I don't mind even if some of the people are not there, but there are other people that are supposed to be not there in my coming season where I'm going. And sometimes I want to take you one example. Let's go to the book of Joshua. <clears throat> Chapter 1. I want you to look at this Joshua who was always depending on Moses. Okay? And he saw what God did during the era of Moses. He saw how God used Moses when he parted the Red Sea. He could see how God was using Moses mightily. But there came a time when Moses was dead. And it says that's a change in season. Amen? You can't keep on saying, we wish if Moses was here. The season has changed. Some of you have got to let go of some of those Moseses that were indeed stabilizing your lives before. And you were so much dependent on them. Amen. Amen. Because as if Joshua didn't know, look at it with me in the book of Joshua chapter 1. We'll do verse 1 to verse 9. I will do it first in the NLT. And as I get down to verse 8 and 9, we'll do it in the King James. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Why do you think God had to tell Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead? <laughs> I mean, don't you, do you think Joshua didn't know that Moses was dead? <clears throat> huh? Any of you think that Moses, Joshua was surprised? Is Moses indeed dead? Uh -uh. Joshua knew that Moses was dead. But God comes to him and says, Moses, my servant, is dead. I want to tell you that's the end of an era. Amen? There were many things that happened when Moses, my servant, was there with you taking the lead. But now Moses, my servant, is dead. I'm saying in some of your lives too, there are some Moseses that maybe you were so much thinking my life can't be without a Moses. I think Joshua in his life, um, I can't imagine how he would have thought when he was seeing how God was using Mo Moses and now he's told Moses my servant is dead. He says therefore 
The time has come. That's why I told you it was changing era, changing season. The time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. That's what I like about God. Tell your neighbor, God's promises are for you too. Amen. So if you go to the Bible and you see a promise, God here says to Joshua, I promise you what I promised Moses. In other words, whatever Moses did was not because of his own ability. It was because of me. So I am still there. So God was in essence saying, Moses might be dead, but I'm not dead. Amen. 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 Whatever I did through Moses, I can do through you. How many of you know that you can lose everything, but if you remain with God, you've got everything? Amen. Amen. You can lose everything, but if you remain with God, you have everything. Because God is the source of everything. You know what happened with the life of, 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 of Job? He lost everything. And the wife even said to him, are you still holding on to God? Can't you just curse God and die? But Job knew, as long as I still have God, I've got everything. And how many of you know that the latter ending of Job was even better than his beginning? Tell your neighbor your latter ending will always supersede your beginning. Amen. And some of you just stay close to, tell your neighbor, some of you just stay close to me. And look at me five years from now. Amen. 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 Because the season is changing. Amen. And I'm stepping into my season. So he says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on a land I have given you. So it says, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, that land have I given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountain in the north, from the Euphrates river in the east to the Mediterranean sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. Now verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. I like how God encourages us. How God shows us that it doesn't matter who is against you. He says no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Okay. Joshua was told, I promise you what I promised Moses. So I believe God is promising us also what he promised Moses. Can you tell your neighbor, no one, no one. will be able to stand, able to stand. Against, me as as against me as long as I live? Amen. Amen. It's not because I'm trusting on my own ability. I'm trusting in my God, the Almighty Jehovah. Amen. Amen. So he says, he will be with me. He says, I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. So as I'm stepping into my new season, I fear nothing because God is on my side. Amen. God is with me. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. So those words, I like those words because when it says be strong and courageous, for you will lead, you will be the one to lead these people into the land I promised to, the, to their fathers. Those words be strong and courageous, what do they mean? In my view they mean there may be some rough times also ahead, but you are up for it. You've got what it takes to win. Tell your neighbor you've got what it takes to win. 
Just be strong and courageous. Just be strong and of a good courage. Because sometimes some of you are defeated because you lack courage. It's not because you don't have what it takes to win. It's not that you don't have what it takes to be a great success. Some of you, you've got this, uh, the Lord has inspired you. Maybe it's a business idea or something that you need to venture in. Or maybe a change in job. But you are afraid. So if you've got that unction of the Lord and you know that's what the Lord wants you to do, as you step into your new season, be strong and courageous. Amen. Amen. Take courage. Take courage. And go in faith. Because the opposite of be strong and courageous is when you are fearful and intimidated. So if you know I need to do something, be strong and courageous. Verse 7. Repeat. Be strong and very courageous. Amen. So in other words, he was saying to Joshua, you already have everything that is needed to make you successful in this life. You only need to be strong and very courageous. Just take courage. Tell your neighbor, take courage. Take courage. And don't be discouraged. Because people like saying, hey, I'm discouraged. Discouraged is the opposite of take courage. Okay? So in the season we are going into, be strong and very courageous. Sometimes you will have to step into some of the, the lands by faith. You are not always sure how it will work out, but you just know the Lord is saying, I must do this. And you step out in faith. That's even when you have to exercise your faith even when the Lord put something in your heart to do something. I actually also like the, the courage. She was my uh, Pastor Josephine, she was just sharing with me about how she felt in her heart the Lord saying, tell this person that Jesus loves him. And that person was even a man for that matter. And a stranger. So she was driving, then she reversed, opened the window, talked to the person. I said, sure. You are courageous. <laughs> but guess what happened? So when she said that to that person, that person, and now she wanted to drive away. That person said, my sister, just wait, just wait. You know, I've got, I, I, I was just writing my message now to my pastor. I'm very much uh, discouraged. Uh, people, uh, I was praying, but now things, somebody, something just happened, something bad happened in my life, and I was starting to question if God loves me, why are things happening like this? And then that was a surprise. So I thought, sometimes we know what to do, but because we don't have the courage, we always fear, isn't it? You, you've got the unction to do something. Sometimes you are even prompted or anxious to pray for somebody. But then something says to you, what if it doesn't happen? Now the season we are stepping into, we've got to be strong and very courageous. Take courage. Because if you're going to step into faith, when you know the Lord wants you to do something, go for it in faith. Amen. Amen. Verse 8. I like verse 8. Okay, now let's do it in, the, in this one, in the King James Version. I like 8 in the King James Version. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart. You see, as you are getting into your new season, we told you how you must always be tuned into the frequency of the Lord. Listening to the voice of the Lord and the Holy Spirit all the time. 
But he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Tell your neighbor, the season you are getting into, will need you to stay close to the book. Stay close to the word. As you listen to the voice of the Lord, as you, die, you, you, you stay close to the Holy Spirit, this book must not depart from you. Amen? Amen? It must not depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night. You see, meditating is like this. How many of you have ever had a problem that you couldn't sleep? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. Just raise it in your heart. So you had a problem you couldn't even sleep because more than your problem... Your mind was trying to even add other things. Your mind was even telling you, you know when things are like this, this is what will happen. You know things will move from bad to worse. So, when you are worrying, worrying is a negative form of meditation. So those of you who say, I don't know how to meditate, all you need to know to do you do the same energy that you do in worrying, you take it on the scriptures. Let's say you have a need and things seem not to be working out and you've got a need. Instead of you thinking, I'm being threatened by the lawyer's letters and I don't know how to pay this, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. You need to start going to scriptures and see, oh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord says he supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord says as I give, it will be given back to me a good measure, shaken together, pressed or running down. And he says I will not even have room enough to receive. And I'm starting to imagine myself not having room enough to receive. I'm starting to imagine myself. And you start meditating, you start thinking, you start seeing yourself the way that the scriptures are saying. Amen. Amen. You remember when Abraham had no child? I told you this example before. In the book of Genesis, God takes Abraham out. He said, Abraham, you will have many children. And Abraham at that time had no child, not even one. Then God took him out and then he showed him the stars. He said, look at the stars. He said, lift up your eyes, look at the stars. He looked at the stars. He said, tell me if you are able to number them. One, two, three. And then he realized he couldn't number them. And he says, so numberless shall your descendants be. So he was creating a mental picture for Abraham. And he says, even your name will be changed from Abraham to Abraham, father of multitudes. So may your name also be changed to your destiny. Amen. As you see what God is going to do with your life, start thinking of that. Start preparing yourself for that new season. You can't always be a prisoner of your past. And he says, verse 9, this is my command, <clears throat> be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So wherever you are going, as you step into your new season, the Lord is with you. And the Lord will go with you. He will be your shield and your rear guard. So as we step into our new seasons, Let's always know that God is going with us. And things will work out for our advantage. Now you need to know as you step into your new season, 
that it's not that all the things that were there before were bad. Some of the, them, they were good. Actually, you even need to acknowledge some of the people that have brought you where you are today. I remember one time, <clears throat> I think it's about five, six years ago, when uh, Apostle Masakona was sharing with us about don't forget your dream interpreter. You remember that message? Yeah, when he says don't forget, he said don't forget your dream interpreter. He said, <clears throat> some of you, you are where you are today because of other people. Okay? Because some of you find maybe today you are educated and your mother was risking, you remember during our time, our parents, <clears throat> some of them were not working well. They would even do, we used to call tototo, you know this African thing, African form of brandy. You see our, 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 our mothers, grandmothers, they, they were scientists of their own. <laughs> so they could ferment sugar and make a certain form of brandy that would even burn your, your mouth and it would look red. It was strong. And then police would arrest them for doing that. But why they were doing that, they even were wanted, they wanted to take us to school. And now you have gone to school, now you've forgotten that mother who risked their life like that. Some of you, by the way, all of us, our mothers, do you know that your mother carried you? When you couldn't carry yourself. Tell your neighbor, do you know that your mother carried you when you couldn't carry yourself? <laughs> she started carrying you in the womb. After that, she carried you in her lap. Don't forget your dream interpreter. Amen? And some of you, you were even taken in by strangers. Somebody decided, I, want, I can see a future in you. I can see a future in you. I will take you to school. And they paid for you even when you were not their child. Have you gone to them back and say, here I am today. Thank you very much for being a dream interpreter for me. So for me, this message was so strong in my heart that the other time I <clears throat> thought of all the people that really in my walk, in my journey, from the time when I was a young child up to where I had gone to, to say, who are all the people that really made an impact in my life? Went back to them and thanked them. One of them, I just did it even this December. Mm. Went to him and said, I'm just coming to say thank you <clears throat> for what you did for me when I was in, I think I was in standard eight. <laughs> and then he, <clears throat> you know, the school that I was in, there was no mathematics and science in standard nine and ten. But you could see the potential in me. And then he was in another school. And it was already, I think, March or April. He said to my parents, no, that child cannot be in that school. Let that child come to where I am because there's mathematics and science and I can see the potential in that young man. And he arranged and then I went to that school. And then now I was thinking, had that man not played that role in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. Amen. So I need to go back and say thank you. Amen. Amen. So think of all the people that played a role in your life and go and thank them. Amen. Amen. So I'm saying, as we step into your new season, it's not always that the people that you were with only did bad things. Some of them did good things and you need to thank them. You need to appreciate them. I want you to look at <coughs> this man of God. Let's go to the book of 2 Kings. Chapter 2, verse 8 to 15. On this, I just want to show you that you know there is this thing where sometimes people go to a church, but then they have no confidence in their pastor. 
You hear a person gossiping about their pastor. Do you think that anointing will work for you when you undermine it? It won't work for you. So the time you gossip about your pastor and you undermine him, it means it's time for you to move. That's a good sign. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, the time you start gossiping about your pastor and undermine him, it's a good sign that the season has ended. Is You need to move. Amen. Because that anointing will not help you. I like how Elisha esteemed the anointing that was upon the life of Elijah. To an extent that, verse 8 of 2 Kings, and this was again a change in season, a transition. But look at what happens. Elijah took his clothes, rolled it up and struck. So Elijah was with Elisha and they were crossing the, the, the Jordan River. When they came to the Jordan River, it was full. The water divide, divided to the right and to the left and two of them crossed over the dry land. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? So he says, I'm moving. I'm going to move. I'm going to go away. You are going to remain. You're going to enter a certain season when I'm no longer there. What do you want me to do for you? And then look at the answer. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. So which, the, which to me says, he so much desired the spirit that was upon Elijah. That he says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha replied, you have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not be. So he was in essence saying, if you stick with me, you will get it. But if you are not there, you won't get it. Amen. So if you want it, stick close by. We always have this, we have coined this phrase, the anointing is not taught, it is caught. You can only catch an anointing as you subject yourself to that anointing. You know this thing of also people who like to be prayed for all the time. <laughs> you expose yourself, whoever you want to pray for you, you are exposing yourself to the spirit that's in that person. Amen? So it means if you want this person to pray for you or lay hands on you, be sure of the anointing that's upon that person. Because some of you, you submit yourself to the spirits that are working in the person that you want to pray for you. But if you are like Elisha, you admire the spirit that is upon this man. He says, I want a double portion of what is in you. And he says, it will not happen unless you stay close to me. Now verse 11. As they were walking along and walking, talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses appeared and separated the two men, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Verse 12. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it into two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak. Okay. So, Elijah's cloak. When Elijah parted the, the Jordan River, what did he use? Verse 8. He used that cloak, isn't it? So when he was taken to heaven, he didn't go with the cloak. The cloak fell. Which means Elisha was nearby to receive the cloak. So he took the cloak, picked up Elijah's cloak, 
when it had fallen to him, and went back, verse 13, and went back and stood on the bank of Jordan. He took the cloak and he, that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. What did Elijah do when they were coming to the Jordan River? He struck the water with the cloak. Now he is going back. Elijah is no longer there. He takes the cloak and now listen to what he says. I like this. He strikes the water. He says, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. So it means he was saying, I'm now have, I've now been ushered into the anointing that was upon Elijah. I'm operating under the same anointing that Elijah had. Amen. He acknowledged that as he moved into his new season. Some of you, you do not want to work under a certain anointing. You, you always want to work on your own. You find that you are in church and you don't, you don't appreciate the fact that it's because of the anointing that you are under. How many of you know that some of the things are working for you the way they are because of the anointing that you are submitting yourself to? If you want to test it, move away from that anointing. You will see how much you will struggle. Because some of you, when things are starting to work out and you see that things are working well, the Lord is doing this and this for me, you ultimately think it's because of you. And then you step out from that anointing, then you start realizing how hard you are going to pull. Amen? Because you failed to acknowledge that it's because of the anointing that I've submitted myself under. That's why things are working in a certain way. Amen. Because when God has placed us in a place, he has also placed his servants there. And the Bible says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalms 133. But do you hear how it says? It says, it is like the oil. Okay, it's first like the, the, the Jew from Mount Hermon going down, going down to other mountains like that. And he says it's the same with the oil from Aaron's head going down to his beards, going down to his skirts. And he says that's how the Lord commands blessing and life forever. Maybe let's read it. Because I want you to see how submitting yourself to a particular anointing as you step into your new season. If the anointing that you were operating under, you want to stick close to that and you need that anointing like Elisha going forward. Look at this. Psalms 133. I believe it's still there. <clears throat> because this verse, I think there are different translations. He says, how good is the, I'm doing it in the new, old King James. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head. I want you to look at that. Precious ointment upon the head. That ran down upon the beards. How many of you know that the head is above the beards? Huh? And there is a flow. Okay? Even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. You see the flow? Eh? So if this garment wants the anointing that was on the head of Aaron, it's got to be there. Okay? So, so that when it's flowing, then you partake in it. But if you move yourself and you detach yourself from that, then you, can, you cannot benefit from it. He says, as the Jew of Hermon, 
And as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded blessing, even life forevermore. This is what I call blessing by association. Amen. 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 It means the reason why that skirt and that, those beers got the anointing, the ointment that was flowing, it was just the association, isn't it? They were just there when the anointing was flowing. So it means some of the things in our lives, they are, they are happening because of association. I even told you, just as blessings can be by association, even curses can be by association. You will hear a lot of people <laughs> being, maybe somebody being killed and you are told he was just with the wrong crowd. It was a case of a mistaken identity. People were coming to maybe kill the other person. And then they ended up killing this one, but this was not the person they were looking for. So it means that person, that's what we call a curse by association. <clears throat> so as much as you need to be careful <clears throat> who you associate with in terms of blessing by association, <clears throat> you also need to be careful who you associate with in terms of curses by association. Some of the crowds that you hang out with, they will land you in trouble. Just like some of the crowds you hang out with will land you in blessing. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, some of the crowds you hang up with will land you, will land you in blessing. But there are also crowds that you can also hang out with which will land you in trouble. That's what we call cursing by association. Okay? So now he acknowledges the spirit that was upon Elijah. Verse 15. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. Did you see that? That was the answer. So they are saying, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. So Elisha was not working with his own spirit. He was working with the spirit that was upon Elijah. Why? He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. And that is what he got. Now the spirit of Elijah is resting upon Elisha. So I'm saying, as you step into your new season, there are some people that you will have to prune off, but there are also some people that you will have to keep on staying close by. Where you need them, where you are going. Amen? Certain anointing that you still need for your destiny, which you need to st stick close with. So I want us, as we start <coughs> winding down for today, let's go to the book of Philippians. Because as you step into your new season, some of the things that were maybe, that looked precious for you and that you would, you would do everything to get it. Now you start feeling, I'm actually comfortable to do without that. Some of the things that looked so precious to you sometime, because you are stepping into a new season, you are starting to understand that actually, I'm better off without that. Because I want this. There was a time when <coughs> Paul, Paul actually, according to the world standards, he was a great man. He could even be proud of what he achieved in the natural. He was even like a Pharisee when it came to righteousness. 
But he came to a point where he started saying, no, I don't want to do things my way. I want to do it God's way. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 to 14, NLT. And with this, I believe when you step into your new season, some of the things that you held so dearly, you will start feeling, actually I can forego this so that I can go for a greater purpose. There's something more important for me now. He says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ. I want you to look at what Paul came to. This was uh, like another season for him. <clears throat> it means there was a season when he esteemed all these many things, all these things of having these credentials, all these things that I can be like this, this righteousness that comes through the law, this and this and this. I'm regarded a, a, a strong Pharisee. I'm regarded with this. I'm like this. I'm like this. He says, now I've come to a point where I regard all this as garbage. Because I want to know Christ now. And he was already a Christian. He was already a child of God. So I'm saying the season that we are going into, you will have to forego certain things that were precious to you before. Yeah. Where you now have to say, for the sake of Christ, I want to forego this so that I can gain Christ. You will be like, you remember the parable where Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. That when a man found it, he went and sold all that he has so that he can buy that field. So you come to that point where you say, actually, I can forego this. I can forego this for the sake of me to win Christ. And he says, verse 9, and, because, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want verse 10. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Now, in the, era, in the place that we are going to, the new season that we are going to, we have to know Christ intimately. Not just know about Christ. Last week I told you that some of the people know about their enemies than they know their God. Okay? I even told you some of the people know about Corona than they know about God. The Israelites knew about Goliath more than they knew about their God. All they were saying is, Cho, this man, this man is this man is powerful. This man was a soldier from his birth. This man will do this. This man will do this. None of them said what God was going to do. Until David came on the scene. And David said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that can defy the armies of the living God like this? And then he started saying what God will do. He said, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Amen. Amen. And when he went to Goliath, he said, you come against me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. You see how David was bringing God into the scene now? Amen. So in your own situation, do you really know your God? Last week when we talked in Daniel, it says people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. People who know their God. Now he, have, he says, I want to know Christ. He was already a Christian. So this thing of knowing, he's not talking about knowing about Christ. He's talking about knowing Christ. I want to know him intimately. 
I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to understand him. I need more of the Lord Jesus. I want to listen to his voice all the time. I want to walk with him like, like Enoch walked with God. My passion is about the Lord. Then you will be able to sacrifice even some of the time that you have with your friends and your other colleagues. And you start counting that as nothing. For the sake of winning Christ. For the sake of knowing Christ. Because you are entering a new season. He says. Verse, let's go to verse 12. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. Or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on. Tell your neighbor, press on. Amen. Pressing on to me is similar to be strong and courageous. It seems like the season you're getting into, there are many good things in store for you, but you will have to press on. Press on. He says, I press on to the goal. I press on to possess that perfection. It means even when situations want to derail me, I'm pressing on. I will do what it, whatever it takes to reach my destiny. To get what I believe God has in store for me. I press on. Verse 13. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters. I have not achieved it. This is one thing, by the way. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. There are people who think they have arrived. Do you know that? There are some people who have relaxed now in their Christian walk. Because they think they have arrived. So he says, I do not count myself to have achieved. I do not say that I've already arrived. But I focus on one thing. What is he doing? He says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14. I press on. He's like somebody who is in a journey. He says, even when I'm getting tired, I know where I'm going. I'm going to push on. So I'm challenging each one of you. As you step into your new season, whatever things are there that may want to discourage you, don't be discouraged. Be strong and very courageous. As long as you know what God has told you, press on. Press on and keep on going until you reach your destiny. So we'll land with Isaiah 43:19 and Revelation 3:22. Those scriptures you already know, but I'm putting this for you. Just to say that whatever God is doing, you need to perceive it, you need to discern what God is doing. So Isaiah 43:19 in the NIV, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, don't you perceive it? That is the thing. You remember even before we were asked, can't you discern it? So now here it says, don't you perceive it? I am doing a new thing. Ask your neighbor, don't you perceive it? The Lord is doing a new thing. And you need to be discerning. He says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Tell your neighbor, my God will make a way. Even where it seems like there is no way. Way maker. Miracle week. Mm -hmm. I did so 
That's my God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, that's my God. That's my God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I know my God is a way maker. Amen. Promise keeper. Amen. Amen. When he says every soul that the, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, that land have I given you, I go and get it. Amen. When he says he meets all my needs according to his riches in glory, he says when I give it will be given back to me, I'm going to give and I will see God giving it back to me. As I do move every step by faith, I know God is faithful. I know God is faithful. I know God is faithful. So he says, I make a way in the wilderness and stream of rivers in the wasteland. I even like, you remember that story in the book of 2 Kings when it said, the, the a certain king, he said, he was told, go and dig trenches. You just make trenches and sleep overnight. There will be no wind or rain. But when you wake up in the morning, the trenches will be filled with water. Then, I like this word, and it says, with God, this is such a simple matter. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, whatever looks like a big matter for you, with God, it's such a simple matter. Because he's God. He is the almighty God. The all-powerful Jehovah. Amen. The reason why sometimes we get discouraged is because we look at an issue and compare it with our strength, with our ability. But if we start realizing this is such a simple matter with God, then we will be encouraged to know that our God will do it. Revelation chapter 3, we are landing with this one. Verse 22, and then chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, the Passion Translation. It says, The one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying now to the churches. I told you that you need to have a discerning ear. Because you can walk among us, you can come to church, but if you are not discerning, you won't know what God is doing. And you will keep on staying in your old season when things have changed. I told you you would be like somebody who is keeping on their winter clothes with a jersey and a jacket and big coats as if it's very cold when it's actually scorching hot. Because you are not discerning the change in weather. So similarly in the spiritual realm, there are people who are not discerning the change in season. And we need to discern that. And for your new season, for where you are going, some of the things is not because of what other people will tell you. You will need to find out for yourself. Okay? There are times sometimes when we will tell you some things, but other things you will have to find out yourself with your God. When you have those times, you know that like some of you, I once heard somebody saying, Pastor, you know, even when we have all night prayer, I can't pray for more than five minutes. Just after praying for about three minutes, I don't have any other words. I don't have any other thing to do. Then I said to that person, do you know that there are so many things that you need to pray for? Even in your own life. If you were just to start praying for your mommy, praying for your daddy, praying for your brother, praying for your job, praying for this, praying for that, you will already realize, sure, there's so much. 
to talk to God about. So I'm saying as you step into the new season, instead of always waiting for people to prophesy over you, you will have to do like what Ezekiel was told. You remember Ezekiel? He says, the Lord, the spirit of the Lord took me. So it was like this thing where the spirit of the Lord revealed something. He says, the spirit of the Lord took me. And then I saw dry bones in the valley. And the bones were very dry. And the Lord said, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Lord, you know. And he said, prophesy to these bones. Tell the dry bones that dry bones live again. So even in your own life, prophesy to your bones. Tell them what the word of the Lord says. It says, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And as, he says, as I prophesied, bones started coming to bone, flesh to flesh. But he said, but there was no breath. He said, prophesy to the wind and tell the breath to come. And then he says, after I prophesied, then a great army came forth. So even your army is waiting for you to prophesy. Speak into your destiny. Speak into your new season. And be highly expectant. Now, verse 1 and 2. Then suddenly after I wrote down these messages, I saw a portal open into the heavenly realm. I told you that as a spiritual being, as a child of God, you are not just a natural person. You don't only see physical things. You need also to discern in the spirit world, in the spiritual realm. He says, I saw a, a portal open into the heavenly realm. And the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning said, ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. I want to show you what is coming. So I told you, as you are stepping into your new season, be discerning. He says, instantly I was taken into the spirit realm, and behold, I saw. So I want you to see. So as we did the past two weeks, I want us to conclude by going to pray together. Whatever you've heard today, and whatever the Lord has ministered to your heart, I want to give you a few minutes just to go before him and pray. And may the Lord guide you as you step into your new season. May he give you courage that you are no longer a prisoner of your past. May he give you courage to say for those of you who were successful in the past, you should not bask in old glories. There is still better glory ahead. Amen. You can move from one degree of glory to the next. And for those of you who have never started, who do not have a relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as some of us are going to pray, stepping into our new destiny, I want you to pray a prayer of committing your life to Jesus. Then you can start a new season with the Lord. You pray and say, Father God, I thank you that you loved me so much that you sent Jesus to come and die for my sins. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and he rose again from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord from this moment forth. And then you become a child of God. You enter a new season. Some of you, even the things that you were hesitating about, I believe this message has stirred you. 
to say, fear not. Do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. Step into your new season with purpose, with courage, in faith, in Jesus' name. So we are going to pray.